0: Our scripture for today is Ephesians 6.18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all of the saints. For the past several weeks now, we've been carefully studying through God's instructions about how we are to go about all the many matters of our daily life while at the same time defending ourselves against the constant onslaught of attacks that come to us from out of that present darkness from the heavenly realms. We, in one of the messages, likened our circumstance to that of the returning exiled Israelites who, while diligently working to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem with one hand, also held a weapon in the other. And that comparison is very appropriate. Because these days in which we live truly are evil days. And our enemy from out of that present darkness is ever on the attack against us. In Ephesians 5 verses 15 and 16 we read, Look carefully then at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time because, listen, because the days are evil. And then here in Ephesians 6, verse 13, we read, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Those words give us a simple truth, and that is that the days in which we now live are filled with all manner of evil. But I do fear that most of the people of our day don't really accept these words as being real and true. It seems that even those who profess to be strong in their faith and to fully trust these scriptures as being pure and holy truth, they actually go about living their daily lives as if evil is nothing more than just some bad behavior on the part of men. And while, yes, the evil that we experience does usually manifest itself within the hearts and the minds and the behaviors of men, The hiding place that these scriptures are speaking about here from whence that evil launches its attacks is from within that other realm, a realm that you and I can't see or hear or feel. And our problem is because we can't see or hear or feel its presence, the evil then can attack us without warning and have us in fits of disarray and despair before we have time to raise our defenses. And that's why God is saying to us here that we always need to have this special armor of God covering over us at all times. But may I remind us that even with this armor to cover us, the evil forces of Satan remain on the attack looking for any opening that they can find within our armor. And those openings take place far too often. Thankfully, God is an ever watchful and protective Father. And I think these words are especially appropriate on this Father's Day. He is an especially watchful and protective Father. He knows our weaknesses and He knows our circumstances. None of what we're going through is a surprise to Him. And He is ever at the ready to step in to give us all of the additional help and protection that we might need. May I, though, quickly go back and read for us these special pieces of the armor that we've been talking about, beginning in verse 14. The Lord there says, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This armor, when rightly used, really can protect you and me with most all of the help and protection that we might ever need. But again, the enemy that we're engaging each day really is so very clever. We're told that right from the beginning of Scripture, that there is a special craftiness within Satan and within his demonic kingdom. He's powerful. He's clever. He can plot, he can deceive, and he can manipulate. And for that reason, we need to know that when we find ourselves being overrun by those enemies from that evil realm, we can quickly call out to God and help will quickly come. And as verse 18 reminds us, our manner of calling out to God is prayer, simple prayer. And note carefully there in verse 18 that God never wants you and me, listen, God never wants you and me to ever really hang up the line, even for a moment. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. I'm reminded of the instructions that a 911 operator will give to a person who's called him for help. The operator will immediately instruct the caller to stay on the line until help arrives. Stay on the line until help arrives. And so it is with God our Father. He wants you and me to keep the lines of prayer continually open and flowing. Note those words carefully. Without actually ending his previous sentence about putting on the whole armor. God immediately instructs us to, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. That sentence is actually part of verse 17. And though it appears in this version to be a separate sentence, it really is part of the previous sentence. So the Lord is saying, put on this armor of God, but with the provision that you will be adding to it with prayer. And then also note the urgency within these words. Yes, we put on all the garments of the armor of God, and with the sword of the Spirit in hand, we are advancing through all those many engagements of our day. But all the while, we're also to be constantly and persistently praying. Yes, we are advancing forward, but we're constantly praying. We're depending upon the shield, we're depending upon all of the rest of the armor, but we're constantly praying with every step, with every breath, we are to ever and always be living in this mindset of ongoing prayer. Now may I ask you, do you do that? Do you live in a constant mindset of prayer? Now I confess that I do not. I really do want to. And I wish that I would. But I don't. I don't. Yes, I do pray often. And all through the day. And in these later years of my life, I'm praying more and more all of the time. I pray about big things. I pray about small things. But then also, also, as I busy myself, I find that my mind begins to run on autopilot, not thinking much at all about the Lord. Now, yes, much of what I'm doing right at the time might turn out reasonably well. But in the process, I will have gone for long periods of time, not even once, thinking about the Lord or asking Him for His help. Do you do that? May I answer that for you? Yes, you do. When I say such things as that to my Christian friends, I'll often get an excuse back from them. They'll say, oh, don't be so hard on yourself. You're just being normal. Well, may I say to you that I do not like that kind of normal. While it may be true, I do not like that kind of normal. Normal is me operating under my own wits and power. And that has not proven to work very well for me. And I would suggest that it does not work well for you. But besides that, what about this verse here that actually commands me, you, to be in a continual mindset of prayer? Verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Pray at all times in the Spirit. We're told the same in other places in Scripture. Over in First Thessalonians 5, we read, pray without ceasing. And there are other places that instruct us the same. May I say to you that just because a loving brother commiserates with you and me about our failure to pray and assures us that he has the same failures, our guilt and our failure is not excused. It does not excuse us just because someone else has the same problem that we have. And may I urge you to not commiserate in the same way with them. Don't tell them that it is okay. Because it is not okay. How do I know that it's not okay? We have this command here from God, and it's real. And he's saying to us, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. That's what we need to be doing. One more thought about our keeping a continually open line with the Lord. Let's say that as I got up this morning and I began putting on the armor of God, I was cleverly distracted by the evil one. Perhaps by a telephone call. Not a bad telephone call, just a telephone call. And I'm distracted. Or perhaps by the intensity of the rainstorm going on just outside my windows, Or perhaps it was a siren of an ambulance passing by. Or something else like that. Nothing sinful, just distractions. But the result was... I did not spend enough time with a particular part of my armor. And the devil, knowing that, saw that my armor was somewhat undone. By lunchtime, he is flinging all sorts of those flaming darts at me. We spoke about this in an earlier message. He knows when you and I get distracted. And he will very often provide those distractions for us. Just so those darts can get just inside that crack in the armor. Listen. That is when this keeping an open prayer line with the Lord is ever so important and needful. Because I have failed earlier in the day to get this armor on right, all I need to do now is to cry out to Him. Because I have this open line, I'm already on the line with Him. All I need to do is cry out and He'll send the help that I need. That command that the Lord is giving to us here is so practical and it is so needful. If we will simply practice this promise, God will be faithful to rush to our aid. Some might ask, well, will he not just help without our asking? He does, continually. But there's something special takes place when we submit ourselves to him and call out to him. It seems that help comes a lot faster. Now, note also these next words that God has placed within this command. The words that we must pray in the Spirit. In the Spirit. May I ask you, do you know what God means when He instructs us to pray in the Spirit? I confess to you that I am not altogether clear about the full meaning of those words. I have studied them. I have pondered them many times over the years. And yes, I believe that I have some small amount of understanding of them. But I'm not at all satisfied with the little that I have learned about what the Lord means when He says... Pray in the Spirit. I've shared with you that because my mother worshipped in a Pentecostal holiness church that I have gained certain affinities towards their doctrinal beliefs. And praying in the Spirit has a very special meaning within the Pentecostal worship experience. Some of our charismatic brethren have interpreted the Scriptures to say that they can pray in an unknown tongue. That praying in the Spirit is praying in an unknown tongue a tongue known only to the Holy Spirit. Not always even to the person who's praying, but is known to the Holy Spirit. And so they do that. They will quickly say that this prayer in the Spirit is not the same as the gift of talking in tongues, which is usually accompanied by an interpreter. Instead, they believe prayer in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, is just a very special form of personal, intimate conversation between them and the Lord. I have never experienced that sort of praying in the Spirit. So I can't relate to it. I would like to pray that way, but so far within my life, God has not made that possible. But I do know that I still must obey this command from God that I should pray in the Spirit because it is a command. And so not understanding well what he means by this because he hasn't revealed it to me yet, I've accepted the understanding that's most common within the mainline church traditions, and that is praying in the Spirit is to pray in the power of the Spirit by the leading of the Spirit and in accordance with His will. And while I, while you may not fully understand even those conditions, if we will simply surrender our prayer to the Holy Spirit, He will guide our thoughts and our words romans 826 tells us, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. That's a treasure, and you and I should embrace it as a treasure. I heard a preacher once say, the Holy Spirit fixes our prayers while they're on their way up. Have you ever wondered about a prayer that you're praying? Lord, did I say that right? Thankfully, the Holy Spirit really does fix those prayers on the way up because the Lord knows you're in my heart. Now, while I may never pray in an unknown tongue, I do know that my prayer should still be very intimate and very experiential. That should be the nature of your and my prayer. How do we know that? What was Jesus' pattern of prayer It started with our Father? It cannot get any more intimate than that, our Father. And it's because God is a loving Father and that we are His dear sons and daughters, that we know that He wants us to have and enjoy a very intimate and personal relationship with Him. And our prayers ought to reveal that. You and I are sons and daughters of God. Listen to these words, Romans 8. Beginning in verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. This very loving, intimate expression of Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Does the Spirit of God reveal to you that you are a son of God? He should. I believe that I am a son of God. And I love that thought. I'm very honored. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we will suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Our relationship with God truly is a very intimate father and son relationship. And yes, as we engage in the difficult spiritual warfare of our day, Our Abba Father wants to keep you and me well and safe. So then, as we add to this full armor that we have put on, as we add praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, our prayers add a dimension that is sure to bring protection and good favor that you and I could not otherwise hope for. Consider that word hope for a moment. Most all people... Have hope of some kind or another. You hear it voiced every day. You'll have a friend or a co-worker saying such things as, Oh, hope my son is okay. I haven't heard from him in months. Or they may say, I hope that I don't get laid off at the factory. I really need the money. But what is the basis of such hope as that? If they don't have Christ, what is the basis of hope? Unfortunate for many of those that use that word hope. Their hope is in some imaginary form of destiny or fate or some other similar sort of vague source. But as we know, the prayer that's spoken about here is a direct plea to a person, God himself. And God is an all-powerful source who actually can give us help. Psalm 119 verse 67 says, God is good and he does good. And yes, God can and often does answer some of the prayers that are prayed by unbelievers. But that's most often because of special circumstances known only to Him. I want to mention that because yes, God did answer some of my prayers before I came to know Him. But the prayers that are spoken about here in our scripture passage are prayers from His own beloved children, His sons and His daughters. And He has promised to hear and to answer those prayers every time. Every time. Now, not always exactly as we might wish Him to answer our prayers, but always in the very best way. Folks, I don't know if you have reached a point in your Christian growth that you're able to truly believe and embrace these things. I confess to you that I am barely within that threshold. Barely. But may I say that I really, really want to step on through and to begin trusting God, my Father, as a beloved son ought to trust Him. He is trustworthy, and I'm his son, and I ought to fully trust him. Should you not also? One more consideration before we close. Here in this passage, God adds that our prayers are not only to be for ourselves and for our own personal circumstances, but we're also to pray for all the saints. Listen, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, With this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. When you and I first trusted Christ as our Savior and Lord, something else very special also took place in those beginning moments. In that first moment when the Holy Spirit breathed life into our souls, we became an integral part of the very special family of God. We were adopted into His family. That's what I read from Romans 8 a moment ago. As the bride of Christ, we became part of the body of Christ, a family member of God with brothers and sisters who enjoy the same blessing that we enjoy, but who also suffer attacks from the evil one, just as we do. They hurt. They doubt. They get downcast. They get disheartened, even sometimes in despair. Why? Why do they have those problems? Most likely it's because, just like you and me, they got up that morning and they did not put on the full armor of God in the way that they should. And because of that, Satan and his demonic cohorts immediately commenced their insidious attacks. And just like with you and me, those attacks are usually being carried out by some unkind or harsh behavior of one of the people that we often call our friends. What are we to do? First, we're to do just as God instructs here in these words. We are with all prayer and petition to pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, to be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. You and I need to give up on our attitude about everything being about us. And we're to always be on the alert to notice the suffering of other saints. Do you do that? Are you watchful to see how fellow Christians suffer? Be on the alert, the Lord instructs us to notice the suffering of our fellow saints. And then we're to pray, persistently and specifically, asking God to intervene on behalf of our suffering friend. And often God will answer by sending us to give that person a, a kind word of encouragement. So we have to be ready to also do that. But one quick warning that God does not want us to do. You and I should not commiserate with our friend and we should not try to fix them. That's what we usually want to do. But God needs to take care of the fixing Himself. And so we need to leave that to God to take care of. Our response is to continue in prayer and to follow God's lead. Perhaps it'll be to help that suffering saint put a part of their armor back in the place that it should be so that they can withstand the attacks of Satan. We don't know, but God will instruct us at the time. So then, as we continue throughout this day and every day, We must never underestimate the wiles of the devil, but to faithfully put on this full armor of God, and then along with this armor, to be ever diligent and constant in prayer, seeking God's blessings and favor, both for ourselves and also for our fellow saints. These words as I close. With all prayer and petition, pray at all time in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Let's pray.